Welcome to Full Focus. In this episode, I sat down for an extended and gripping interview with NBC International News soundman and producer Louis Molina. Louis started his career as a soundman with NBC News in 1980, covering the Civil War in El Salvador. Since, he has produced, filmed, and recorded sound in many hot zones around the world. He has earned the Alfred DuPont Columbia University Award for Excellence in Broadcast Journalism and worked alongside some of the most influential journalists in the world, like Barbara Walters, Peter Jennings, and Maria Shriver, just to name a few. Since the interview went on for several hours, I have broken it up into parts. In part one, Louis recalls how covering a devastating earthquake in Nicaragua in 1972 led to a long and adventurous career in international news. The total runtime for this part is 16 minutes and 12 seconds. Listening discretion is advised, as some descriptions are of graphic nature. Enjoy. I had the opportunity in 1972 to cover a major international story, which was the uh, earthquake that destroyed Manawa. And after that, I was hooked. I just wanted to do filmmaking. All right, all right. so let's talk a little bit about that. So you were living, so first of all, you're from El Salvador, yes, right? Yes. You're born and raised in El Salvador? Born and raised in San Salvador, El Salvador. San Salvador, yes. And so that in itself is somewhat of an interesting country to be covering news in, right? Because it has a very interesting history, and yes. even to this day, there is a lot going on in El Salvador. Right. But So you were living in El Salvador, and then... Um, there was an earthquake in, in Managua, like you said, which is a which is a city in Nicaragua. In Nicaragua, correct? Yeah. So, how did you how how did you even like get that opportunity to go over there and cover the earthquake? Uh, my brother brother in law, who was the producer of his news show, him and my sister were the producers of the news shows they had in San Salvador. And he was given the opportunity by the president of El Salvador to travel to Managua just a couple hours, a few hours after the earthquake in the presidential plane. Mm -hmm. And he asked me early in the morning, would you like to go with me and my cameraman? And I was like, yes, I want to go. You know, <laughs> this is a great opportunity. I have learned how to use the, the uh, movie cameras and from the technicians to work for my family. So uh, that was a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I was given a fair warning that it was going to be hard because the, the uh, destruction was total. We had to be self-sufficient for at least three or four days with food, water, everything. And, and so we went in the presidential plane. Uh, that was my very first first exposure to international news. So when, when you went and you were going to cover an earthquake zone, <clears throat> no one prepares you for what you're about to experience and see. Um, you weren't experienced yet at that time, right? This is the first time you're going to a disaster zone. Right. Um, what, what was it like when you got there and you saw all the destruction and everything that, that came with that earthquake? And, and let's just put it in perspective. That was a devastating earthquake that happened. at that. It, it killed about 10,000 people, right? right? And um, so you went out there and you can hear and read and talk about it, you know, but once you see it, it's completely different. Yes, it was. Uh, I wasn't prepared to see what I saw. I knew it was going to be bad, but wasn't prepared mm -hmm. to see the human suffering, the drama of people trying to rescue their very relatives with bare hands, bleed. I mean, it was overwhelming for me mm -hmm. and my, my colleagues, you know, my brother-in-law and the other cameramen. We just felt, I mean, drained. 
physically and mentally. And most of the times, you know, it was that sense of not being able to help anybody mm -hmm. because we were just there filming, but you wish you could have helped these people. They have no help, none whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Everything had been destroyed in the earthquake. They didn't have any police, any firemen, no ambulances. Everything was gone. The Nicaraguan people were on their very own. Mm -hmm. So it, it was horrible for me. It was like living in hell. Right. And when you, when you arrived and you were on the El Salvadoran presidential plane, right. was the president with you at the time yes, on the plane? Yes, the Salvadoran president was in the plane with us. So um, they were very close friends with my family, you know, because in El Salvador, once you, especially if you, you're part of the television establishment, you know all the top figures. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, we were with the president. And after we filmed the president of El Salvador exiting his plane and being greeted by the Nicaraguans, we were on our own. We, we just, you know, could do whatever we wanted to do, which was limited because there was no transportation. Uh, at the airport, massive, massive aid coming from all over the world. I saw planes with markings from all over, Mexican Air Force, German Air Force, French Air Force. It was really amazing to see that. Uh, but there was no transportation. We couldn't go from the airport to Managua, which is a few miles away. So somehow my brother-in-law managed to find an old beat-up uh, pickup truck that will take us there. But it was limited what the man can do because he said he had lost everything. And the fuel he had in his truck he needed to get food for his family. So it's so limited had, what he was able to do for us. So you, you, you actually found a local who was willing to take you from the airport to to the city where the destruction was. And he did it even though he probably had to go and look for his family members. And where are you going to get fuel from at that time, right? So why was it? Why did he even offer to, to transport you guys over there? I, I don't know. You know, at the end, after he took us to us far as we could go in Managua, because it was all destroyed. You couldn't go any further after a while. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the roads were blocked. Uh, we offered the man money, and he didn't accept any money. He said, since you're a journalist, I want you to see the tragedy we're living through. Maybe we can get help. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of register, you know, we really have to do something. We, we have cameras here. We have movie cameras. But again, you know, I spent two full days in Managua. We, we all did. And I wasn't prepared. Yeah. I, I was so, so impressed by the amount of destruction and seeing human beings in that situation. It was just horrible. Yeah. And you guys are traveling. Obviously, you have rations with you, right? You have water with you. You have food with you. You know you, you're there for two to three days or whatever it is, and you have enough with you. But the rest of the population doesn't have access to it. So when you were eating or drinking, you were, were you hiding from, were you trying to not show them? Yes, we had a protocol uh, that if we wanted to drink some water, we had to hide behind the, the debris and all the destruction, not to show the people that we had some drinking water with us, because it was limited. It was just for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was no way we could eat, you know, because mm -hmm. the smell was overwhelming, too. What do you mean, the smell? Uh, the, uh, I guess there were thousands of people under the rubble, and it was beginning to smell bad. 
it was ever-present. The smell of decompose, decomposing bodies was ever-present day and night. Mm -hmm. You have it with you. You have it in your, in your body, your clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's really incredible to be in that situation. Were you, so when you're out there and you're seeing all this, you know, you're there to do a job. You're there to report. You're there to record. Um, first of all, I was reading you took 2,000 feet of film with you. That's a lot of film. I mean, for our listeners, international listeners, that's over half a kilometer in, in film. How do you transport this stuff? Well, we have these big backpacks with us, and we have to have enough film because in a situation like this, the last thing you want to do is to run out of film mm -hmm. when you're in the middle of the story. So we have to carry all this film, plus the batteries to power one of the cameras. Uh, mm -hmm. and e enough food for us and a change of clothes for a couple of days, you know. And I bet when, when you're out there and you're, you're seeing all the suffering you, and you're carrying all this heavy, it doesn't seem so heavy anymore. No, it, it goes away. I mean, at the beginning, it's, it's very burdensome to be carrying all this. Mm -hmm. and, but after you see what these people are going through, you just completely forget about your discomfort. You're just so impressed by what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And you're filming everything you can. We were filming everything with the two cameras. One camera had audio, so we were able to interview people that were crying, screaming, you know, looking for their relatives, trying to find anything they could salvage. And uh, it went two days of that. There were some good positive aspects of it. When we run into a, a field hospital that the U.S. Army has set up in one of the poor neighborhoods, and I saw the uh, soldiers preparing, you know, uh, kitchen uh, situations and uh, medics from the, the U.S. Army treating Nicaraguans. That was the beginning of the aid being organized. But in the, it, it wasn't much really going on for the Nicaraguan people. Right, right. Um, and then, so you were there for two days. And what, what do you think was the most significant takeaway for you for the first time? covering such a dramatic event? The biggest takeaway was, especially after we finished the documentary and we showed it for a, a show that was specially organized in San Salvador by the president for fundraising, how powerful images can be in influencing human beings to either help or support a cause. So I was sold on the documentary making you know, I always wanted to study filmmaking. At the time, I was just an accountant. Mm -hmm. But I, I saw how powerful filmmaking can be when you do a good documentary. Okay, I was sold on that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I also realized that to be able to work in documentary making, I have to be a member of a, of a news organization because news goes hand in hand with documentary making. So th you knew that this is for you afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so impressed by it. Yeah. And, you know. and so when you came back um, and you were laying in your bed and in safety, how was it? How do you process the, you know, the suffering that you that you witnessed? It was still with me. It's hard to process that. You can't just walk away from it. You can't just erase it, especially the contrast that after I'm back, you know, everything's nice. I have a nice warm bed. My wife is there with me. I have food. It's my family home in San Salvador. But the images of the people starving and no water, no food. Uh, 
they were very vivid in my mind. I couldn't get rid of that. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even sleep the first night I went back to El Salvador. I was dead tired, but I, my mind was still going a thousand miles, you know, thinking, trying to process everything we saw and everything we had filmed. Okay, so it was, you know, I still can go back and, and relive those moments right, many, right. many years ago. And and uh, Nicaragua is a, is a neighbor country to El Salvador, yes, correct? Yes. So it's in Central America. Yes. So it was also close to home for you at the time. Right. So that yeah. helps. I, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we're living in the U.S. and we hear about news of something happening far away, it's more difficult for us to relate than if there was something to happen in another state, for example, right? Yeah. So for you being in El Salvador, did you feel like, hey, I have to go and actually help these people? They're my neighbors? Uh, yes. And the, we realized that the only way we could help them was by doing a good job with the documentary to show it in El Salvador to see, you know, the suffering and to instill in people in El Salvador the need to help. Mm -hmm. Since we couldn't give any physical help when we were there, like I said, we were devastated. Mm -hmm. And we run into other crews, Germans and Mexicans, mm -hmm. and they felt the same way. Because you're there, you, you, you're filming all this, but you can't lend a helping hand to mm -hmm. anybody. It's mm -hmm. limited what you can do for these people. So being able to put it in the air and seeing the results, that was, uh, again, very mm -hmm. uh, a great impression for me. And I felt good about it being part of that. Yeah. Um, I was reading about, you know, your, your story a little bit. And one thing that, you know, was, to me was unbelievable was the prison, prison uh, story that you, you talk about, right? Uh, you guys were, went to a prison that completely collapsed. There was about 2,000 prisoners right. in there. They all, they all perished under the rubbles. And uh, t tell me a little bit about that ex experience. That must have been ter ter oh, uh, that terrific. That was probably yeah. in the two days, probably was one of the worst experiences of the overall situation is this prison. It was the size of two city blocks. It was a huge prison for males. And the smell was, oh my God, it was mm -hmm. overpowering. We had to take a break a couple of times filming because we just couldn't take it anymore until we ran into a Mexican crew that gave us some cheap perfumes and they shared this with us saying, look, use this, put cheap perfume in a handkerchief mm -hmm. and it's going to kind of mask the smell of decomposing mm -hmm. bodies and we tried that enough to go back the second time to get more footage at this point the relatives of the people that had perished under the rubble women and children were there screaming at the top of their lungs trying with their bare hands to move these huge boulders and concrete uh, columns there was no way no these way. people. And the soldiers trying to, with the axes and mm -hmm. picks and, and shovels, mm -hmm. they needed heavy equipment to even start moving this. And there were no survivors yeah. there. It's just desperation. It was sheer desperation on these people. And more people kept arriving and, and more soldiers trying to push them away so they wouldn't get sick. It was horrible. It was, we were witnessing hell on earth. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't believe what we were seeing. Yeah. You know, it was impressive. And, and of course, we were filming a lot of this. But still, after a while, it's like I had a heavy weight on my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, it was so impressive what we were seeing. Do you still have that film? 
you know, after my family sold the business, I think it went with the business. It's a shame because I would have loved to have a copy of that documentary that lasted half an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, when we came back to El Salvador, the president, who was a good friend of my family, by the way, he requested that we do a half an hour documentary along with the Teleton that they were going to organize. And they organized it so the whole country will watch it. They link all the television stations by order of the president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, it was a fun, major fundraising effort, and it went so well. Because first they showed the film. So once you see the film, you I mean, you have a heavy heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, you want to help. You want to do anything. And then they had the teleton with all the main actors and comedians and singers, you know, took place. And the donations were incredible. The richest families in El Salvador, because it was all being televised nationwide. They all were donating thousands, thousands of dollars, competing with each other. Who donated more money? Yeah, and great. the poor people, too, you know, $10, $5. He was... Absolutely wow. magnificent. So, I mean, your work had this in incredible impact on, on people's lives because it helped raise a lot of money, right? So it was a great success, and you were completely hooked, right? I was completely hooked. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Focus for more fascinating interviews with folks in the entertainment industry.